aware of God. I'm the righteousness of Christ. I'm above and not below. I'm the head, not the tail. Begin to speak the life of the promises of God into your life. If you've got to write them down and put them on a sheet of paper and plaster them in, on your steering wheel or somewhere where you can see these, begin to know and declare who you are in Christ. So just bless those that you're praying over right now in Jesus' name. seated. If you're praying with somebody, if you don't mind, just go ahead and take them to the prayer room. I'm not going to say you need to stop praying for somebody, but we have prayer rooms available. And because uh, I really need you need to hear this message today. It's not because I'm a great preacher or anything, but it's what God has said. Harold, this is what the church needs to hear today. Trying out a new mic. So if we have a little problems with it, just uh, don't say anything. <laughs> We'll figure it out, right, Rowdy? Rowdy's going, yeah! Because we all think we need to tell the sound guy and how to run sound. But I do, I appreciate, we have so many people that volunteer here. Do y'all know that? We just have a lot of people that get here early. The praise team, some of them get here at 7, some of us get here at 7.30 and um, get ready for the day. We come up, they come up Saturday and practice. Um, we're blessed in this fellowship. We're totally blessed. I mean, the women's conference, huge, huge success. Thank God for Teresa and for Ashley for putting that on their heart. Come on, that's better than that. God is good. He's faithful. You know, everybody in here, every, everyone in here has a story. And I know a lot of your stories. And then when, when I watched, I got to live stream, I got to watch some of the testimonies yesterday and the day before. And I thought, Lord, you're so awesome. The way you've changed these lives, the way you've resurrected lives. And, and throughout this congregation, I don't know everybody here. It's gotten a little too big for me to know everybody. I try to. And there's some of, sometimes I just, have I met you before? And it's don't, don't be offended if I... If I uh, don't know your name. I used to know everybody's name because there's only eight of us. <laughs> and four of them were my relatives, so. <laughs> but God has blessed us. And it's amazing to see him work and do what he does. 
I've got some baptismal certificates, and I need to get these out. And I, you know, said, well, don't interrupt the sermon to give these out. Hey, this is what it's all about. Uh, Matthew, I saw you back there in the sound booth. Hands up. I'm saying, is he paying attention? He's worshiping back there. Where is that? I've got this rumble, Rowdy. I don't know what it is. It's rumbling. Josh baptized you, and he got to sign that thingy. Daniel Navarro, come up here, buddy. Angela, Angela here today. Angela Rollins. Karen Stack. Karen, come on. I'm going to wait till Brian comes back because I'm going to give him his to him personally, okay? Angela, I'd love to see your smile. Woo! God is good. Karen, hurry up, Karen. God bless you. Awesome. I feel like I'm in a wind tunnel. Hear this. Hey, Jeff. Hope you're watching. Chad Huber, happy birthday. Y'all want to sing happy birthday to Chad? Happy birthday to y'all. Look back there. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Chad Huber. Happy birthday to you in Mexico. We are so formal here, don't y'all think? You know what I like about live stream? That we're not in a time constraint. Like people that like church ministries that are on TV, they have to cut and edit and do all that. And so we just let it all hang out. <laughs> what? Oh, let's don't be speaking that. Thank you. No, 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 no. When you put all four Gospels together, you see that Jesus spoke seven things from the cross. In Luke 23, 34, he said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. Luke 23, 43, he said, Assuredly, I say to you, this was to the thief, the one that confessed him. He said, Today you will be with me in paradise. And John 19, which was the section that we watched today, we're, we're, one, we're doing one chapter a week up through next week, um, where Jesus spoke to his mother and said, Spoke to John, said, woman, or, or to his mother Mary, woman, behold your son. And then to John, behold your mother, indicating his compassion and making sure that his mother was taken care of, his earthly mother. The other words he spoke were to the soldiers when he said, I thirst. And a lot of people, if you, were, if you read uh, the Mark, uh, in, in Mark, he, they, uh, he, uh, they offered him the wine and he, d- he didn't take it. And uh, that was early in his crucifixion. After he'd been hanging there for quite some time, he did accept the sour wine. And one commentator said he accepted it so he, his parched lips and parched throat could actually get out the words that he needed to say. He spoke to his father in Matthew 27. He said, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which is my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's when that great exchange took place. When all the sins of the world, past, present, and future, were laid upon Jesus. You see, it wasn't blood loss that killed him. It wasn't the crucifixion that killed him. It's your sins and my sins that killed him. It wasn't the Romans that killed him. It wasn't the Jewish people that killed him. It was the world's sins that killed him. Put upon him at one moment, 
He was not a sinner. He took our sin upon him. He never sinned. You have to understand that. It's very important. And then in Luke 23, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. In John 19, he didn't, he didn't say it. It just wrote that he gave up his spirit. Listen, Jesus gave his life willingly. He said, not my will, but thine be done. And then he spoke these words in John 10. He said, therefore, my father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it again. This command I have received from my father. You see, Jesus loved his father so much that he was willing to do exactly what his father told him to do. How many of you would love it if your kids just minded you half as much <laughs> as the things that you wanted them to do? And, and, but Jesus was a perfectly obedient, perfect son of God. He had to be for him to be able to take on the sins of the world. He was, as we sang earlier, the perfect sacrifice. Perfect. You and I, not perfect. Jesus, perfect. So today in John 19, it's, it's not going to be lengthy, but it's going to be powerful because it's the Word of God. I'm going to just want to camp on three verses, John 19, 28 through 30. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the Scripture might be filled, said two words, I thirst. Say, I thirst. Now a vessel full of sour wine was sitting there, and they filled a sponge with sour wine and put it on hyssop, put it on in his mouth, and... When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. Say that with me. It is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. You see, Jesus came to do the work of the Father. He had a job. He was sent from heaven to earth. In, in John 4, I'm going to look at, we're going to look at three verses. That this is what Jesus was sent to do. Jesus said this in John 4, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Say finish. John 5, 36, But I have a greater witness than John's for the works which the Father has given me to finish. Say finish. The very works that I do bear witness of me that the Father has sent me. And then John 17, 1 through 5 is a powerful, we've already covered this a couple of weeks ago, three weeks ago. But Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son may also glorify you. He was all about glorifying his father. And as you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God. That's eternal life, church. Knowing God through Jesus is eternal life. And Jesus, whom you have sent, I have glorified you on the earth, he says, and I have finished the work, I have finished the work which you have given me to do. And now, O oh, Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had before you, before the world was, with you before the world was. He said, listen, I had a job to do. Jesus, God the Father gave me a job to do, and I've done it. He's finished the work. You see, most things in our life that we do are temporary. You understand that? We think we've completed some things and we finished some things. How many of you finished high school? I don't raise your hand. Some of you may not. I don't want to embarrass anybody. But if you finished high school, guess what? You think, well, I've completed the task. Wow, 12 or 14 or 15 years. I've finished the task. 
I've got my diploma. I have completed it. I'm finished. Guess what? That's just the beginning. Some of you go, on to go to college and graduate from college, and you get, get that degree, and you shake the hand of that guy in the, in the funny clothes, and, and he, he gives you that certificate. You might even put it on your wall, and you say, well, I'm, I've completed the task. I finished it. I finished the course. Well, you've only finished something else that you've got to start something else from. Our life is a continuation of completing things and finishing things only to start something else. How many of you are married? Well, some of you just didn't want to admit it. You're married. You know, you, you, you went after the, here's this for the guys. Man, you went after that woman. She was so good looking. You said, man, I, whoo, I can't wait to get, I can't wait to get in the bed with her because, man, I, yeah. that's true. Come on, be, be true, be truthful. Because you, you love her, man, you, whoo, I can't wait. You know, wedding night's going to be good. And it not always is for some people, but it's supposed to be good. You know, it's supposed to be great. And, and then you, you accomplish that. I'm married. Oh, I'm married. Oh, I got bills. I got to get a job. I got to take care of her. So you, you finish something. You completed a marriage ceremony, but that's just the beginning. And then you decide, well, let's have kids. And you think, well, we're going to have a baby. And you have the baby, and you, woo, we've got, we're parents now. We finished the task. The baby's here. He's born. And that's just the beginning. <laughs> right? Life is a series of completing things and starting new things. It's completing things and starting more things. And I pray that even in your older age, you're in, in your what we call the retirement age, that you're not finished in that sense, that you're continually going forward, going after the things as Don Babin shared, the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. All these other things will be added to you. But I'm here to tell you this morning, there was one who completed his task, and that was Jesus. When he said, it is finished, he meant it. It's done. Donezo. He's done everything he was going to do when he went to the cross. See, his father was the one that raised him from the dead. He completed the mission that God had, the father had given him. So we would be, he would be available to us to have eternal life. What Jesus did on the cross was eternal. Romans 6.10 said, For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. Say once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Hebrews 7, 26 through 27, For such a high priest was fitting for us, who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, has become higher than the heavens, who does not need daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifices, first for his own sins and then for the people's. For this he did once for all when he offered up himself. No longer do we got to sl- uh, kill a goat or kill a calf or offer up a pigeon. He said, it's done. I'm the, the perfect lamb was given. He said, it's done once for all. Hebrews 9, 12, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood. He entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal, say eternal, eternal redemption. Paul, the apostle Paul, and this is where you're going to have to start grabbing hold of this message today. It's going to change your life if you'll listen, if you'll receive it. The apostle Paul had an eternal outlook on life. You see, so many Christians don't have an eternal outlook on life. They just don't. But here's, I want, I want to show you a little excerpt from Paul's life in Acts 20. Verse 22 through 24. And see, now I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that chains and tribulations await me. Doesn't that sound like fun? 
Anybody go through any tribulations? Any bondages? Just a few. I'm so glad there's only a handful of people. He had an eternal perspective. Listen to what he said next. But none of these things move me. Nor do I count my life dear to myself. That's an eternal perspective. So many Christians, we don't get that. We still, we'll, we still live this, I've got to get this done and this done, and I've got to live this way and I've got to live that way, and, and I've, I've got to, you know, and you start focusing on all the wrong things. What you think, certain things are important in your life that really aren't important. You know the old saying, we sweat the small stuff. Anybody guilty of sweating the small stuff? Until the big stuff comes along, you didn't even know it was small stuff, did you? You think a leaky faucet's really bad. Honey, go fix the faucet until you have a sewer that backs up. Then you know that's a big thing. Paul had this eternal concept of the way he lived his life. He said, none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my race with what? Joy. Huh. How many of you know Christians that aren't very joyful? Raise your hands. Oh, I hope they're not sitting next to you. <laughs> you know, we, we're, we should be the happiest people in the world. The joy, most joyful people in the world. We really should be. Even through it, the chains and the tribulations. If we have an eternal perspective, eternal eyesight. Because Paul said, I'm, I'm going through, I know a lot of this stuff is awaiting me, but you know what? It doesn't matter because I know who I am. I know who has hold of me. And I don't count my life dear to myself. You know, one time he said, you can kill me and, and I'll just go be with Jesus. Or you can let me live and I'll just keep telling you about Jesus. That was his perspective. That should be all of ours. He said, in the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus, to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. You know what? You're not going to shut him up. Shouldn't be able to shut up Christians. Because so many of us, we, we, we cater to the politically correct way to do things. And God said, no, just be who you're supposed to be. Live the life that I've given you to live. Live it in power. You know, if we can get this message today, we'll, we will go from woe is me to wow is God. You know, because so many of us, love is just this and love is just that. And you just want somebody, my, somebody stole my dog and, my, you know, things, my car broke down. And we just think, oh, these things are horrible. And God says, wait, no, what are you talking about? I got this. Why don't you trust me? Why don't you trust me? Now, Hebrews 12, 1. You go from that, what Paul wrote there. Many people believe Paul wrote Hebrews. Some believe others, other writers wrote it. But we just went from what Paul said there. But look at Hebrews 12.1. So interesting. Therefore, we also say we also. That's we also. Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. Anybody know about that? Okay. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. How many of you know that you've got a race to run? Okay, some of you don't. How many of you know we've got a race to run? Okay, just trying to see if your, your limbs are working. 
I'm going to tell you something that's just going to astound you. Y'all ready for this? If you're in Christ and he's in you, he's already crossed the finish line. Did y'all hear that? Jesus has already crossed the finish line. <laughs> wow! Well, that's just great, Pastor. What does that mean? Are, listen, as a Christian, are you in Christ? Yes. Is Christ in you? Yes. And if it says he has crossed the if he's finished the race, have we finished the race then? Oh, get it? He's already finished the race. So what's the hang up? What's the worries? See, if you get this, then you'll understand what he said in Philippians 4. Don't worry about anything. Or when Jesus said in, in Matthew 6, don't worry. I got you covered. I'm telling you, the church, the Christian, the Christian, Christians of this world should not be warriors. That went over big. We shouldn't be warriors. I believe worry is a S-I-N. Oh, boy, he's meddling now. You know why worry is a sin? Because when you're worrying, you're not trusting God. And not trusting God is a sin. You are missing the mark when you quit trusting God. Isn't that what it means, Randy? Sin means miss the mark. So if you quit trusting God, you're missing the mark. Because he said, trust in me. With all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. He is going to direct my paths. In the race of life, he's directing my paths. matter of fact, he's already crossed the finish line. Y'all need to get this this morning. You're, you'll start laughing and jumping up and hollering, hooting. Woo! I mean, anybody ever run a race before and, and win? Win a race? How's it feel when you cross the finish line? Feels pretty good, doesn't it? Look at verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and what? Finisher of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him. Listen, the cross wasn't fun. The cross wasn't joyful. The joy, it was, he endured the cross. He, he endured the cross, church. Did that look like he was having a good time up there? No. He endured the cross for the joy set before him. The joy, you're, you're his joy. I'm his joy. He said, for all those people that I'm going to see come into the kingdom of God and live with me in heaven eternally, that's the joy of the cross. I'll do it for them. That's what he did. You know, God already knew, God already knew that we could not live the perfect life. He knew that. Listen, when it says the author, that means he's the beginning and the finisher means that He's the end, the Alpha and Omega. He's the Alpha and Omega of your life. He despised the shame and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He bore your pain and my pain, your shame and my shame, so we wouldn't have to. He's the finisher of our faith. That same Greek word that is used for finisher there is also in Philippians in a different way. Philippians 1, 6, being confident, say confident being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work, say good work, 
you know what, you're a good work. He's begun a good work in you. We'll complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Who, I mean, this is a question. This is a fill in the blank. Who does, who does the finishing and the completing? Who does the finishing and completing? Jesus. Could you put it like Jesus on the screen? It's J-E-S-U-S, big letters. I didn't tell her this ahead of time. She's really good, but probably I threw her a curve right there. No pressure. When it comes up there, I want y'all to holler it out. I don't care where I'm at in the scripture. Who is doing the finishing and the completing in your life? And what did he say on the cross? It is finished. Look at Colossians 2, 9 through 11. We're almost through. Wow, it's 10 to 12. Hey! Woo! I was kind of wanting it a little bigger than that with an exclamation point. But that'll do. They're going to give it to me later. Okay. Colossians 2, 9 through 11 says, listen, you just start looking up all the scriptures about how Jesus has already completed the work. For in him, that's Jesus, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him, who is the head of all principality and power. Jesus says, you are complete in him, Basil. Only he says, you're complete in him. He says, Ruth, he says, you're complete in him. We need to understand this. It's not some Jerry Maguire movie. You complete me. It's the, it's the king of the world saying, I complete you, Miles. You can't complete yourself. Allie, you can't complete yourself. Did y'all know that, Diane? You can't complete yourself. It takes the king of the world to complete us. But how awesome is that? I, it just blows me away that, look at Hebrews 13. Now the may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus Christ from the dead the great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do his will, working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. The God of peace is working in you and completing his work in you. Listen, it is finished was not a... It's finished. It's not what Jesus was saying from the cross. It wasn't like... Wow, I'm so glad this is over. It's finished. You know what it was? It is finished. It's finished, Father. I've done it. They can be saved now. He finished it. Woo. Now, this is how we're going to close today. Are are y'all okay with time? Y'all need to get up and stretch? Y'all stretched enough during worship, didn't you? I just feel like this is so important. And again, we are live streaming, <laughs> so it doesn't matter. <laughs> Rudy, can you go ahead and lock that door, buddy? And, uh, <laughs> so good to see Rudy back there. 
Turn to Isaiah 61. This is what you need to grab hold of today by faith. What Jesus completed on the cross for you and me. You got to grab hold of this by faith. Not because I'm a I'm an eloquent speaker. But the word of God will not return to him void, it says. So I speak the word of God in, in life in the word by the spirit that you would receive this. And understand what Jesus completed. The prophet Isaiah wrote this. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of the vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes that the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. And when Jesus, when Jesus, he went through the, he went through the, he was baptized in the Jordan and he went out in the desert and he whipped Satan in the desert and he, he told the, Satan where he could go. And then he began, he walked into the synagogue and he opened that book up and that's what he read. And then he sat down and Luke 4, it says, then he began to say to them today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. He knew it was already completed before he even started it because he could see in the future. It's been completed, church. Would you stand? Ministry team. Some of you, this message, you already know this. You understand it. You've grasped it. Some of you may not. But I'm going to ask you some questions. When Jesus said, it is finished, I'm going to ask you this. Are you still bound by grief and sorrow? Because he has borne our sorrows. When Jesus said, it is finished, let me ask you this. Are you still walking and living in guilt and shame? The word says that there's, ne- there's therefore now no condemnation for those who in Christ Jesus. It's finished. Jesus said, it is finished. Are you still, I'm asking you this morning, are you still walking in confusion instead of peace? Because Jesus said, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives, I give to you. It's finished, church. Jesus said, it is finished. Are you still confessing your infirmity instead of your healing? Because Jesus said, I have come to set the captives free, to heal the brokenhearted, to give sight to the blind. He said, I died, I bore your sins and your diseases. It's finished. And most importantly, when he said it is finished, I'm going to ask you this this morning. Are you still trying to work your way into heaven? Because the word of God says, for by grace you have been saved through faith, not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anybody boast about your works. He said, it's finished. I paid the price. Would you bow your heads? Ministry team, come. You see, all God's asking us to do is live in Him, not apart from Him. I could have said a lot of other things. These are what God laid on my heart to say. 
He said, it's finished. I'm going to ask you this morning, do you just feel like he just partway did his thing for you or did he complete it? Because if you realize and grab hold by faith that he completed it, then you need to be living it. Not walking as a part-time, sad, down, and discouraged, depressed believer. That's even an oxymoron. (laughs) That's really, you're not believing for much when you live like that. And Jesus said, I finished it. You know, he paid that that price on the cross. And he said, I've done it. Are you going to receive me for that? So just bow your head. I want to pray for you. Father, I believe there are people here this morning that are still hanging on to stuff.